right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a bonus edition of the No Laying Up podcast. I guess if every podcast is a bonus podcast, are any of them bonus podcasts? Because we've had a lot of these lately. Solly here. I'm calling in from, a, uh, where am I? Washington, D.C. at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. TC is in the kill house. Hello, TC. Solly, I, th- I think we should call it an elevated Elevated podcast. podcast. It's an elevated status podcast. DJ Pi is in the kill house as well. Hello, Deej. Greetings, greetings. Happy to be with uh, my fellow Dick Riders tonight uh, to just discuss the news of the day. And lastly, here to announce his commitment to the Live Tour, the 54 Tour, as he calls it, Max Holma. Hello, Max. Uh, what, what went into this decision? Uh, hi. Uh, first off, I want to announce where I am uh, I am recording from. I'm in actually the antithesis of yours. I'm in the birth house as uh, I'm at home with my pregnant wife. Um, who said I must make more money to support my family? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I, I have not. Uh, I, I'm I'm aligned with the PJ Tour still. So. <laughs> oh, still like as in that might change in the future. Interesting. We'll get into that. But uh, listen, I'm not sure how that's how that word works. But <laughs> <laughs> screw the media. Screw damn the media. Yeah, the media is making up face, fake narratives. We've been rocking their gear for a while now. We can confidently say it's some of the best fitting gear we've ever worn. It's Roback. You've heard us talk about it a lot. They were a big sponsor of our live shows this past week. We really appreciate their support. I was out at the KPMG Women's PGA today, saw Roback again everywhere. Every tournament I go to, I see it everywhere. They got performance polos, better than your typical boxy polo, their four-way stretch, next level, material super soft while staying wrinkle-free. They got the uh, the Roback performance Q-zips are game changers. Randy had one on today. They are soft. You're hitting darts all day in these things. They're the definition of versatile. They're perfect for a cool morning or cool evening. And lastly, the performance hoodies, the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf, maybe the softest, most comfortable performance hoodie on the entire market. Market. As I've said, the sneaky thing about them, you can wear them multiple times without having to wash them. So you probably saw probably saw Lauren Coughlin out there. She's rocking. rocking the, it. She's rocking just the, head to toe in Roback. That's a, Can't get enough of it. That's exactly right. You can use code NLU at Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of the week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with code NLU. Let's get going. Uh, let's start at the top. Brooks Kepka commits to live max what, what's your reaction when you see this are you surprised by this are you angered by this what's your reaction when you see brooks is off to live um i guess it's like multiple emotions that's a like a humongous name dj was a huge name obviously one of the most transcendent talents like ever in golf but at the same time he is in the back half of his career i guess which seems like that seemed like a theme with the first guys who went but that was obviously i think if dj never went like i don't I don't know what I don't know what would have changed, but it could have been a lot different. Brooks is still like in the middle of it, but uh, not mad or anything. I mean, he makes the most sense. I know he's got a bunch of injuries going on, and I mean, he really has like done incredible things in professional golf and mostly in majors. So it, it makes some sense. It just was surprising, obviously, because you know, as 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 most people have heard, like he's been pretty pro tour. That was the surprising part of it. But uh, at this point, I think I've finally gotten to the point where I don't I don't care who's gone. Um, it has become like, you know, as Porter, uh, as uh, Porath said, like the NBA uh, offseason, like it's it's honestly entertaining. That one was a big kind of shock, but nothing, I guess, past that. 
TC, Deej, any reaction to, to Kepka leaving? I don't know. I mean, I don't really feel that much about Brooks as it is. I think it it solidifies the fact that their like third leg Greg's strategy is stacking up major winners because I think that probably gets around some of the ban stuff that the majors could, you know, could enact. So it kind of, you know, puts the onus on them a little bit more of like, oh, you're you're actually gonna ban guys that have won nine or ten out of your last 20 majors. All right, cool. Like that's, you know, so it kind of takes a tool out of their toolbox a little bit on that front. And I think it's also like, we have to remove ourselves a little bit from the casual golf fan or from the hardcore golf fan and think about the casual golf fan of like that person knows who Brooks Koepka is. Right. And that person knows who Bryson DeChambeau is. That's what I was going to say. I think it's, I think it's a very big deal. I mean, I, I don't think it's a death blow or that it's, you know, the, the tipping point or, or anything like that. But I, I saw a lot of reaction that's just like, oh, man, he hasn't fucking done anything this year. Guy is all broken down and he only plays in majors. It's all he cares about. And I, almost kind of poo-pooing like, oh, I don't root for that guy anyways. Like, get him out of here. And I think the possible outcome would be to to basically like turn it into like the guys I like versus the guys I don't like tour because I think that just level of polarization is is really really bad and golf is kind of only i don't know it's it's we rail as hard as we can against like the class acts tour and like it's it's not interesting when everybody the only people left are you know the the guys that you're oh i hope everybody can win you know it's it's you need guys with an edge and it, it was really fun to watch bryson have a meltdown at the memorial and it's really fun to watch bryson win in detroit and it's really fun to watch Brooks, you know, do what he did and watch Brooks, you know, snap into Brooks mode in a place like Phoenix or something like that. And missing out on that really, really freaking stinks, man. Like that it's, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sweep it under the rug is like, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy, but I still think it is a massive bummer that he's not going to be on the PGA and it's, tour. It's going to suck too, to like, listen to Brooks crow about like, well, like, like real sports have free agency, like, you know, like. I play real sports, so golf has free agency now. Sick. I think the interesting thing uh, about the Brooks poll is, like, I do think, like, TC, as you said, a lot of places I go, like, random casual people talk about Brooks Kepka, and yeah. uh, he is an enormous name. I guess it doesn't feel like much of a death punch in a way because, like, self-proclaimed Brooks isn't super chummy with, like, a lot of the guys that play on tour. And I guess I look at – people going at least in this first crop about the people they would pull with them like I, we were I was joking with another player a couple of weeks ago and it was kind of like one of those if Jordan Spieth leaves like we all stand on our desk and say uh oh captain my captain like I'm following you he's just like the guy kind of like I think he's kind of like the north star and same obviously with Rory like I think the interesting thing with Brooks is like I don't think that he's calling other people saying you should like come or whatever like I think he like well I think why he's been so amazing is he really is about his business and like he gets to tournaments and like does his shit and then gets out and he's won four majors and it's amazing but uh, I think that I think like it's like the the attraction of other players like going to especially in this second wave that will be is is like that's where it would get for the tour it would get kind of scary as if it started like linking people I don't know, certain players out there, like if you looked at like a lot of the first wave guys were like the European like stars from, you know, yesteryear, I guess. But like you have, you know, friends like, you know, GMAC and Poulter and a lot of guys that hang out. And it's like this one, I guess, isn't it's a humongous name. I don't know if it's attracting 
more people. DJ was an enormous thing that I think did attract a lot of people just because it solidified the tour. I think that tour is like solidified now as like, as, as a, you know, a real thing. I don't know a few of these guys that have gone, like, I just don't, I don't see a bunch of guys jumping with them yet, but uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm only going off of what Brooks has said in like his own press conferences. So maybe he is a little more tight with like some of the other guys. I think what's interesting, you brought up a couple, a couple of things, but people uh, I think rightly so have pointed out the the PIP rankings a lot this week and and basically said like, Hey, here is the PJ tours own, you know, accounting and own mechanism to figure out like who are the 10 most popular players. And again, no matter whether you like these guys, don't like these guys, like watching them, don't like watching them. Like four of those 10 guys are now gone. And what I think is interesting about those guys, Max, is exactly what you said, which is none of those guys strike me as like, man, if, if he goes, I'm out guys, you know, but of the six remaining, (laughs) the six remaining kind of all are you know, and, and that's what, where it gets to be a little bit of a weird situation. That's what I was saying earlier this week, which every time this happens, the situation changes. And now if so-and-so just pull a name, I'm just going to pull a random name, say Xander Shoffley, let's say he's a hundred percent out right now. Now that Brooks is gone, is he 99 out? Is he 80 out? Is he 50 out? Every time this happens, it changes the landscape. And now if blah, blah, blah commits next, now it's a different decision to be made. Even the guys that have been the most staunch guys pro PGA Tour eventually may have to make a decision if they're, you know, if there's only 15 of the top 50 left in the world still playing the PGA Tour, that's a different decision when it was 40 of the top 50. And it uh, that's the really kind of scary thing about it all. Uh, if you, you know, I think we've all said too, like the best possible benefit of this is that the tour is forced to get creative and, and change the things. And we're going to get to all that stuff. And I don't think we're, we're close to that. So I, I'm still very much in the camp of like, whatever we're about to get is not going to be better for golf fans. And that's just why this whole thing just continues to make me very sad. Yeah. I think also it's, you know, it's easy to, to think about this from an American perspective, but you know, thinking about it from like a global perspective of, of it's no wonder that like a Brandon Grace or a Louis Oosthuizen or Charles Schwartzel or Poulter has less loyalty to the PGA tour when that's not their, you know, that's inherently not their home tour, right? That's where they gravitated to because that's where the money was biggest and all that. So I think there's a certain level of that. And I think it's kind of the same thing with, you know, Eamon called out GSE and his, you know, that's like the, one of the big agencies and they seem to be at the forefront of this with, you know, representing, Bryson representing uh, Louis, Louis uh, Brandon Grace, all those guys. And just looking down their list, it's like, you've got, you know, Sam Burns seems solidly PGA tour, uh, but you've got, you know, Neiman's been rumored. I guess he's, he sounds like he's solidly tour now as well. Carlos Ortiz has been rumored. Jason Kokrak, Paul Casey, uh, Sebastian Munoz, Johnny Vegas, CT Pan, Grayson Murray. Like all those guys are both, you know, mostly international or, and, or, you know, Grayson's kind of his own thing or super not international. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, shit. I like, it's like, I also see like Lexi Thompson on that list of like, like she's a client of theirs. And like, I could see that Saudi's being like, you know what, Lexi come play with the men, you know? Yeah. It's just something to where, like, like you said, Sally, like the calculus does change with every commitment and to a certain level. I think it's also max on that next round of guys that goes and the third round of guys that goes like, I don't think there was anything that was going to stop the first round of guys from going like the money was so big and they're clearly, that's clearly what they're about. 
but there's so many ancillary things that can be tiebreakers for the second round of guys or third round of guys that go beyond the money, whether it's the schedule being too long on the PGA tour. Like that's why, like, there's not some magic bullet that, that Monahan can play and just, you know, like fix this. It's a, it's a combination of factors, right? It's, it's, it's schedule, it's more money. It's, you know, maybe it's less pro-am stuff. Maybe it's taking care of the younger guys or like creating pathways to get to the tour a little bit easier you know, if you're a stud college player, because that's the, I think that's the big risk that the tour has is Norman basically goes and says, Hey, here's, here's 10 million bucks or here's 15 million bucks to, you know, the, the top five guys in, in college right now, you know, and he does that for the next five years. Like that's just allowing the tour to like not replenish their coffers, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think I, I try my best not to like, even when we were talking about playoffs, like a couple of years ago and how they should restructure the tour championship. And every time I try to like, use an analogy with another sport. It just doesn't flow. Cause we, we, you know, it's just, it's too different. It's apples to oranges. But I think what's funny about that or this analogy is I saw yesterday that Aaron judge, who's like obviously a Yankee and he's been playing unbelievable baseball on the best team in baseball. He has to do arbitration right now for his contract. And like, that is a pretty big knock. Like Mike Trout had to do it. Like everyone has to do it. You could be the best player in the world. And you have to, if you're young, like you have to hit this weird contract thing that like is a huge turnoff now the thing about MLB is when you do get through it you make so much freaking money and you still play on the premier you know in the premier league and it it doesn't seem to matter but now that there's uh another option like it could possibly matter I I, those links you guys are saying like Sally you mentioned about how maybe if somebody was 100% out and then someone else goes maybe it makes them 85% out I thought I've talked to DJ about this me, not not Dustin Johnson. Oh, sorry, sorry, DJ Pi. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, don't want to implicate De- it. Dennis, Dennis. If Tiger came out and like said something, I, I think it would go a long way. You look at the old story back in the day about when Arnold Palmer walked in that room that Greg Norman was heading. Uh, for people who don't know the story, like that, there was like another. This this was happening years ago, and Greg Norman, I think, was the lead on it. And Arnold Palmer essentially walked in or stood up or whatever it was and said, we're not leaving. And everyone's like, cool, we're not leaving. And we have a tiger and they don't. And I think that means a lot. I think that in an odd way, like this has been an odd slap in the face to tiger. Uh, He has obviously turned down probably close to a billion dollars to go. I know he has a lot of money, but that's, that's a huge offer. And he said, no, um, not publicly. He literally just, we found out that he said no through Greg Norman. And the only reason that this opportunity is even being presented to professional golfers is because of Tiger Woods, um, the money he's put in all of our pockets, uh, this house I'm in is because of Tiger Woods. And I, I would think that some, maybe some more people, like I know the first wave, people are going to go. It's a lot of money. People are going to go. That's fine. But I think that that trickle down, um, there's probably a little more thought to like why we're in this position in general. And I think Tiger is a big part of that. And I think that was the interesting part about the Phil thing when he went is that Phil kind of, you know, as much as you could say, he, he, you know, he, he, he made a push for the tour to get better. And like that kind of like is happening in a way um, from the things he said, he did, he did kind of like, I don't know the, the, some of the, I guess, uh, tangents of that, uh, that the crossfire hit some of the players probably in a weird way. And, and I think Phil is somebody who, has meant so much to the game of golf into the PJ tour. And like, he could have dragged a lot of people with him, I'm sure before whatever that kind of the chaos of 
of everything that went on with him happened, that might have been a maybe a, a bummer for the live tour because I think he could have probably got a lot of guys. But again, at the end of the day, like I think a lot of guys would listen to Tiger as they would have, you know, listened to maybe Phil. And like I think that is um, at least that's something I've been thinking. About. I, I've learned through this that everyone's very different. But I, I when you see Tiger Woods, like I said, Jordan Spieth, Rory, JT, like guys that we should be like. I think looking towards as people who are leaders of, of this game in general with, you know, their play, but also with what they say off the golf course. That's an interesting aspect of how the trickle down goes. Cause I, like I said, if I, if I heard Tiger got offered $900 million and I got offered 20 and I like left, I would kind of be like, man, you know, that it's just, it's odd. It just, it's just different, but I, I don't know that that's a very odd way to look at it. I think you're spot on. And, and what's, what's really weird is the players are in a, a very, strange unenviable position right now too tron you mentioned uh Eamon lynch's article that he wrote yesterday which i thought was really good kind of detailing the the brook stuff and he, there was a kind of just a quick line in there about jay monahan kind of you know some players are pissed that he's not out there like fighting for his tour more and you know fighting on behalf of these players he's not more public and Eamon had a line in there, and I don't know if this was something that Jay said in the player meeting or if it was Eamon kind of editorializing, but he basically said, like, that kind of cuts both ways. What players are out there fighting for the tour right now uh, besides Rory and JT? And, you know, Max, honestly, I would put you in that camp as well. Doing a podcast like this and and kind of discussing it and being firmly, you know, kind of laying your, uh, your intentions firmly out there is admirable. Scotty had a good good presser scotty was great but then you get into kind of the like mealy mouth can't lay stuff and like well you know i just uh i I don't really know what's gonna happen and i think it's just it's very interesting right now and And i don't want to say this is about it and and for sure and again like hyper rational part of my brain is like yeah it's probably not a good business decision to just say like nope not interested i'm out like of course it's gonna shoot you in the foot and rory probably you know if let's say this whole thing like whatever the train leaves the station it gets critical mass all the best players are there and rory eventually has to go and you know they can get him basically without a six seven hundred million dollar signing bonus then yeah rory cost himself a lot of money by saying what he thought uh but i also think it's like very much worth just applauding and and worth kind of you know standing that up as like like you're saying max like if you are someone who stands for the tour and you're trying to like make it better and you're trying to fix things that players are upset by, like, man, you got to put some fucking skin in the game. And so just before we move off this real quick, I pulled a bunch of Rory audio from the press conference today. And I just, I thought this one on Brooks was like particularly relevant. Again, I'll go back to what I said at, uh, at the, I think it was at the U was it last week or, uh, might've been, I don't know, but am I surprised? Yes. Because of, what he said previously. And I think that's why I'm, I'm surprised at a lot of these guys because they, they say one thing and then they do another. And I don't understand that. And I don't know if that's for legal reasons or if they're, they can't, I, I have no idea, but it's pretty duplicitous on, on their part to say one thing and then do another thing. You're talking about something you said two years ago or a week ago? The whole way through. Yeah. The whole way through in public and private, all of it. The whole way through. The whole way through. I love that. I can I just get this out with Kepka? Yeah. What a bitch, man! Like that. <laughs> uh, like I've never 
I, I, I'll take this back. I was the biggest Kepka stand. I invented Kepka. I was going to say. <laughs> I invented Kepka in 2015. And then, like, by the end of 2016, I realized, okay, this guy is whatever. This guy. And I, but I yeah. always, always, always respected his competitive ability. I really did. What he's done in major championships is I, I, I can leave any personal feelings I have about him at the door to say, just salute tremendous major championship performances right and like that was his legacy in my mind that he was a great competitor and like yeah like all the douchey stuff he says about golf not being a real sport does it bother me like well yeah whatever putting all that aside like I at least respected his competitive nature to go run and do this to go play the exhibition series to just take the money I knew how much he loved money Supposedly he goes around to at events with bags and bags of cash in his in his backpack. And like so I knew this was a thing. And I knew he was probably gonna end up there. I thought it was gonna be more towards the end of the year. But to be as of a couple weeks ago telling people in, in private that you were you were out on this to go and turn your back on on you know some of the guys that are fighting for the tour like that, that just what a bitch, man. It just it sucks. This one this one hurts. In a, in a different way, not because he's one of my favorite players, just because like he was one of the competitive dudes that I, I thought was a real competitive golfer, and now he's not. Like I, I think you got to worry if this is going to fracture Jupe life at all. Like, <laughs> what's the vibe down in Jupe? You know, you got Who DJ, Kepka. Like, where, you know, is this going to alienate DB straight vibing? Like, where's where, Ricky? You know, how do, yeah. Where's the schlong? You know, we might need to effort some. Yeah. Some- Exactly. Some intel from the schlong. I, Max, I think going back to your point about Tiger, like the fact that, you know, none of this would be possible without him. I would kind of push back on that and say like, maybe Tiger prolonged the tour's success. And maybe this would have happened a lot, er- a lot earlier, if not for Tiger, where like, like this is an inherently irrational business model to where like the Saudis clearly aren't like, they don't give a shit about golf, right? It's, it, it's, it's not about golf. It's about something totally different. And, and, you know, golf is just kind of the pawn in this. And so I think it's one of those things to where, like, I feel like it's kind of irrelevant of Tiger on the Saudis end, but it should, which like, really that should engender even more loyalty to Tiger because Tiger gives a shit about golf. He gives a shit about the sport and the game. And like, there's, there's certain, you know, like I thought it was a little bit rich today that like Jay, Jay references, you know, the sport being bigger than, than just one, one entity or anything like that. And I think, I can point to probably 10 different examples of the tour, like being a little bit too big for their britches and probably having a little bit too much sway over the game and to the detriment of golf in Australia or the European tour, or, you know, clapping back at the USGA on rules and regulations and kind of neutering them a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, I think it's exactly right. Like the tours or the sport of golf is bigger than, than one entity. And when like a country is just trying to buy this, whether it's the Saudis or anybody else, that sucks. Right. And um, I don't know, like, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Just to say that, like, like, I think it's I, I think Tiger actually like prolonged the party for the tour. Well, especially if you look at like the previous breakaway stuff. Right. And you have like the 94 yeah. when Norman tried to do this the first time. And, and, you know, like what happened in 96, 97 to, to kind of like all of a sudden throw like there was no structural things that changed about the PJ tour. Right. But when. Again, we've referenced this a million times, but in 1994, when when Greg Norman was trying to start the world tour with Rupert Murdoch, uh, guy like really knows how to pick him, it seems like. Uh, But when he was trying to do that and like the tour was facing all this antitrust stuff and FTC stuff and, you know, that kind of Tim Fincham kind of went to D.C. and like made it kind of go away. 
like they didn't change anything over the next 30 years, 20 years. They just added years. some shitty WGC. They just were like, <laughs> yeah, we're, gosh, I wish we had a bunch of money to throw in this bonfire. And like along comes Tiger Woods. Well, I was just going to say, uh, the we'll get to kind of more Monahan's presser, but the, the quote I found interesting was, if this is an arms race and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in an attempt to buy the game of golf. I thought that was one of the best ways I've heard it summarized to this point of like, uh, you know, a foreign monarchy spending billions of dollars to, in an attempt to buy the game of golf was like, yep, that's pretty much what you're up against. Uh, I think the interesting thing, uh, and, and uh, I'm going to use both those points uh, because they, you know, obviously they are and anybody, you know, with a ton of money can buy kind of anything. That's kind of the world. We live in, unfortunately, you know, money kind of just talks. DJ, uh, DJ Pajowski, what you said uh, earlier about how, you know, they need more players out kind of who are pro tour to be more outspoken. A big reason I've been like, this has just been weighing on me. And like, I really wanted to get on here to at least talk about it because it, it's been just bugging me is I think the tough part about that is that we don't all get press conferences every week like three guys do. Um, I actually was hoping and waiting to get one. Uh, the last couple of weeks, obviously playing a little bit better, but still not in that like upper, upper echelon. It's like, I still don't get major press conferences and um, I do little interviews here and there, but I haven't really been like saying a ton. I've been saying that I don't love what's going on. I've obviously been using like social media here and there to joke around about it. It's been kind of tough to help. Like, like if, if, you know, I want the PJ tour to succeed. Um, I, I very much enjoy my time out here it's hard to get your voice heard uh because i'm not going to waste some like deep thought on like a small article to like the local newspaper which is more of what i mean honestly i do and uh you you know you want to you want to be like a rory if, if you're if you're aligned uh, you know in thought with him but we don't get the opportunity i feel really bad for rory he should not have to do this week in and week out He's doing an amazing job. It scares me in a way because, um, you know, to all the big Batman fans out there like me, like he's kind of our Harvey Dent right now and he shouldn't have to keep sticking his neck out. If like anything ever came out, like he, no one's perfect, you know, and it's tough for him to keep having to say this over and over and over again and keep like, I mean, I'm sure he's friends with Brooks. Like they live down by each other. They're both elite golfers. They've been around each other a lot. Like he shouldn't have to talk shit about him. And like, they're kind of pushing him to say something bad about him. And that's not his job. Um, I think we could all help, but the problem is we're not all in a position uh, to do so. But like the things I, I would say and why I've been wanting to have, like or at least be able to have my voice heard a little bit is I, I look back and I know it probably gets, I, I, it gets over talk about you know, by me probably and about me. But when I had the shitty like go of golf, I can like pinpoint my rock bottom, at least the one that like I, I pictured the the clearest. And I can remember sitting in this shithole hotel at an Adams tour event in the middle of Brownville, Texas, which ironically was Sam Burns's first ever professional golf tournament, which was kind of cool. But I remember sitting in there and like, I barely was watching TV. I was like sitting on my bed and just like thinking about what's going on. I remember being in a, my first round and uh, you know, everybody out there, it's an Adams tour event. It's an awesome, great run tournament, but most of those guys are either getting ready for Q score, just trying to make a few bucks. And somebody, I, you know, I was talking to somebody, he said he was uh, worked in the uh, cart barn at some course down the road. And he asked me what I did. And I literally was like two weeks ago, I was playing on the PJ tour. Like I, I, this is, you know, and it was like a humbling feeling and it was, it was, it sucked. So I remember I bring that up because when I was sitting in that hotel room thinking and like, just like, reminiscing and, and and then dreaming 
I dreamed about a lot of things. Dreamed about, you know, playing on the PJ Tour. I dreamed about competing, uh, contending, battling Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, like playing with Tiger Woods. Like I, I, I dreamed of a lot of that. Uh, I dreamt of like climbing up the world ranking. I, I dreamt of winning the FedEx Cup. I dreamt of President's Cups and Ryder Cups. And I know money comes with a lot of that, but I never dreamt of money. And I, and I mean that sincerely. Like I, I, that was never like the motivating factor. Uh, and I think that is a big part of this whole thing. You can buy a tour for sure, but you can't buy like my goals and my dreams. And I think a lot of guys do have that. And I think that is the power of these top guys right now. And I hope it stays just selfishly for myself. Uh, the funny part is, is if all this goes to shit and the live tour works and all that, like I make a lot more money. <laughs> like uh, the, that's the, that's the, like in my current set, like mindset, that's like the downside. Um, but I love, like, I, I love playing the tournament at Riviera, the Genesis. I love playing uh, API presented by MasterCard <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at Bay Hill. Like I love those tournaments. They mean a lot to me. I enjoyed watching them growing up. I enjoy playing in them now. Like, I don't know. I, that's why I want the, the tour to succeed mostly is just because I, I really enjoy a lot of that. Um, and for me, I, and I don't think I'm alone. Like, I think a lot of these guys, like th there's this argument now that it's playing for money or playing for trophies. And I, I call bullshit because we play for a lot of fucking money uh, also. So I don't know. I, I think that there are going to be guys go. It's, 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 it's boatloads of cash, like boatloads, unthinkable cash. But I do think that like for the last year and a half, I mean, last year I, I, you know, thought I had a chance to make the Ryder cup, got fit for the clothes. I can picture myself in those clothes, looking in the mirror, knowing I was not going to make that team at that point. Cause I was playing too shitty and saying, all right, I'm going to be on this president's cup team. And I, I just don't know if there's an amount of money at this moment that would this week get me to quit golf or quit the PJ tour so I could go and I would not get to play the president's cup. Like that's what wakes me up in the morning. That's why I practice when it's 110 out here in Arizona. Like that is what gets me. And I don't think that I'm alone there. And I think that is the beauty of professional golf. Um, and, and for a lot of the guys on tour, I think that they're aligned in that. Have the fireballs fit you for uniforms? Just hit the crushers. Uh, to be to be quite honest, I was team fireballs. Like, it was hot as <laughs> shit on the range. I can definitively say after that, Max Homa, not a bitch. I can def I can confidently say that. <laughs> now you take the money, bro. Come on, Max. Come on. Max, question for you: Like, how do you how do you square up? Because I think there is a legitimate. There, there's definitely legitimacy to the guys who say, "Hey, like the tour." You know, like I mean. This shit's been percolating for two and a half, three years, more than that, even of, and I would argue, you know, Monahan kind of sat on his, sat on his hands a little bit for a couple of years, didn't do a whole lot. Now it's at fever pitch and they're, and they're starting to move quickly to their credit, but it took a couple of years. How do you square the guys that seem to be doing stuff and, and sitting on the fence to kind of create leverage or to get the most out of the PGA tour and kind of force the tour to you know, step up to the plate financially and really take care of and kind of bring the conversation to the forefront of like, yo, the best players are seemingly underpaid and the 120th guy on the money list is radically, radically overpaid, but they all count the same. Like bringing that conversation to the forefront. How do you square those two things? And at what point do those guys need to stop trying to create leverage and get off the fence and, you know, be vocal about supporting the tour? Yeah, to answer the latter part, I don't know when you would stop. Um, I think that could be a tough crossroads at some point for people. 
However, the, for the first part, I appreciate all the guys who anybody on the board, on the pack, like I appreciate these people speaking out because um, whether your opinions align with mine or not, like I do appreciate on any topic. I appreciate the people going out of their way to take time out of their lives and their family's lives to try and, in their opinion, like better the tour. Looking 2020 hindsight, I hate doing it because it's, it's so it's so easy to say, you know, for for me to say that like Monaghan and the tour could have been doing something like obviously now, like, yeah, obviously, like I'm not saying that they that they probably should have. I don't I don't want to like dwell on it. Um, it's nice to see them do something today. Today was the biggest news we've gotten in a long time. That was a positive for the PJ tour. But yeah, I'm not going to like bash him for maybe waiting too long or not maybe for waiting too long. But also as a player, like just myself individually, like I, I was with uh, in, in Hawaii, they do a dinner one night uh, at the Century. And like, I was talking to Ross Berlin and Monaghan and they were like, why don't you, you know, they're like, you're, you seem opinionated and probably annoying. Like, why don't you become a member of the pack? And I was like, honestly, I think when I get in those rooms, I'd be a little intimidated and just sit on my hands and not say anything. So I'm very proud of the guys who do get in there and say, anything really like it's impressive so i think we can all at some point look ourselves in the mirror a little bit and say like what are we doing to better whatever opinion we have whatever whatever uh viewpoint we have towards where the tour should go but i will say that like in the last month because of all this like i i have started talking a lot more with the you know andy pazers of the world phil marburger monahan and trying to at least be in the know so I can be more informed. And then if I'm going to give them opinion, it's not just made up. Like I ask them questions. I, I try and be a little bit more. So I guess, you know, at some point you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, if you want something to change, like you can't just assume that Jay Monahan's going to do it. Like not because he doesn't want to, just maybe he hasn't heard your opinion, your, your side of it. And it's like, you know, I, I don't think we should all just be like relying on one person. Same thing with this one entity thing. Like, he, he, he also isn't like the end all be all like we can be doing stuff. And I know like his and Charlie Hoffman and Streels and Jordan, like, and James Hahn, like a lot of the guys I'll talk to about this stuff here and there, like they, they're out there doing stuff and, and I'm impressed by them. As a noted uh, PJ tour Dick rider, as I know I've, I've mentioned in the past, uh, I will, I thought it was interesting in the Jay Monahan presser today. He almost got a little, not indignant, but he got a question kind of a tiny bit to this effect. Like, Hey, like, why, you know, what the hell, bro? Like you guys, why didn't you guys just like give them all this money in the first place? And like, if you could do all this stuff today, like, why didn't you do it three years ago? And he was kind of like, I mean, the, the very, very long story short was kind of like, yo, this stuff takes so long to do. And like, we have been working on it for so long. We had to finalize the media deal first, which pumps all the cash, like to be able to juice all these purses, like that's where it all comes from. And number two, like we already were planning to bump up purses. Like this is just a wildly expedited timeline to, uh, to, to do so. And so, and they're probably running leaner than they would like with, with reserves. And, and it's unsold. Yeah. It's unsold yet. And that's what I was going to say. I think they're out over their skis and like, I don't know if we want to save this to kind of when we start talking about structural stuff, but like what they're announcing today are these events that are not even sold yet. So for all the like, man, they could have just done this the whole time. It's like, well, Maybe, but also like, let's see how it actually shakes out. It feels a lot like just telling somebody to get better at putting. It's like, it is a process. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it's not like I can just like snap my fingers and like, just go figure it out. Like it, it takes some time. I would say that like from talking to these guys, like Jay's doing a lot more work than we all like understand. And I think it's really easy to like point a finger at him because he's the front man. But like, 
like that's it's, it feels a little unfair um again that's why like the 2020 hindsight game's tough because maybe he has been doing a lot of stuff and and live just did it faster or maybe like whatever like there's just so much that could have gone on and i think even if jay did the most perfect job 10 years ago still think people would go because it's a lot of money like i i don't we, you can't fight this this much money is not real like it's not a real amount of money like it's absurd so yeah like I just i don't know the finger pointing at jay is tough for me i just think it's a lot harder job than than i would ever really understand and i try to give him a lot of the benefit of the doubt on that one um it's a tough position to be in you look at you know any commissioner like at some point you're gonna get bashed and he's had to go through covid and then this and it's that's tough, man. That's a, that's a it lot. It also assumes a lot of the criticism assumes that he has unilateral executive power to do all of these things. Like he that he has the ultimate control of all of the purse strings and is sitting on this enormous pile of cash and just refusing it to give the players. Like it's just it's not nearly as simple as people want to try to make it in 280 characters, I think. I think that's the thing that I get to as far as, hey, that, that sushi, that's the sushi dinner you were talking about at Century, right? Or you, like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You have a great oh, story God, I got that. blacked out of that one time. <laughs> um, but the, uh, <laughs> but like, so I, like, yeah, A, that's a tough conversation to have with, especially the 50 through 125 when the barbarians are not yet at the gate. And, you know, they're like, wait, like, why would we blow up the apple cart that we're living high on the hog on when it doesn't, like, they're seemingly not, you know, yeah, we can see around the corner, but they can't. But also some of it too, is just like, like, yeah, like it's, it, it takes a much more educated and informed and active membership base to understand this stuff. And like, now it seems like, I mean, it seems like it's probably the most educated PGA tour membership of all time, right? <laughs> like that, like actually understands what the levers of power and and who reports to who versus you know say six months ago or a year ago or two years ago right i i don't know i truly don't know when i'm going to be able to get this in otherwise so and you mentioned putting practice and i tried to get it right in after that but if you are not <laughs> if you're getting I, I, my question is are you getting the most out of your golf practice uh I, most golfers are not getting the most out of that and that's for three reasons you don't have a plan you put too much emphasis on what happened in the most recent round and you misjudge the areas of your game that needs work Golf Blueprint will help you with all that. They've been doing all sorts of research, research on heart rate, random versus block, all kinds of stuff that I can't explain to you to keep improving their practice plans. They work to create a practice plan that is customized for your game and what you need to improve on. All this info is at golfblueprint.com. Explained it way better than I can. It's made for all levels of game, and member guest season is coming up here, of course. Uh, they've, they've really done a great job of improving players in that 3 to 15 handicap range. they got multiple mem membership tiers, so you can go to golfblueprint.com. Use code NLU20 for 20% off your first month. DJ, has Justine been keeping up on her cards? You know, we, we've, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's hot, <laughs> as shit. hot as shit here right now, and we've, we've got some stuff going on. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. But I, I think late summer is going to be a really big time for her. With that, do you guys want to get into just some of the stuff that was announced today that was voted on by the policy board and, and Monahan's presser? Max, do you have a question? Can I just add one thing before we get into that? Because I think that, like, the, I, to your point about your segue, segue, like, this might be the last time I get to say <laughs> Go this. ahead. Another interesting wrinkle to this whole thing, like I said, before we get into, like, the nuts and bolts of what's going on, about the players leaving and I think the players having the power to say no is I want to clear up two, like, two things. The funny part to me, and I know it's just Twitter and I know it's stupid or whatever, but a lot of people are like, will joke 
about with me or bash me and just essentially say, and not just me, other people say, oh, you're just jealous. You didn't get an offer. I never entered like entertained an offer. I know a lot of other people have not entertained an offer. I did, I got an email. I get an email every week to register for their golf tournament. Like we all have the option. I didn't want to see the number that was thrown at me. Like, I think that's, it's hard to say no to. I, as you said, like the players are in a weird spot, the tours in a weird spot. That, that is a hard, that's a hard pass. Like, I don't know what amount of money it would be. That's going to be a hard pass. Guaranteed money on it and golf is, has never been a thing. It, it's, it's different. And, and I want to, the reason I bring this up is I think that like the people you're around, obviously like your, your like little circle, I think they influence you. And, and there's, in my opinion, there's no, I'm not looking at people going and staying as right or wrong. They're just two different things to me. I have my opinion and then my wife has her opinion. And then, you know, Joe, my caddy has his opinion. And I feel very fortunate that my opinions are being reciprocated by those two people. You know, my, my wife, like when she hears about all this money that's being handed out and she didn't grow up giving one shit about the PJ tour. She does not care about the Genesis invitational. Like she doesn't care about that. She cares about like me being happy. But when she hears about all that money, it's like, man, that's, that's crazy. Like, why would we not do that? Like, you know, we, we, you know, you play golf and you make money, like that's a part of it. And then to be able to like, tell her like, Hey, like presence cut means a lot to me. And this tour, like the tournaments that I get to play in competing to be the best player out here, means a lot to me and her being able to just snap and be like, Oh, that's great. Like whatever makes you happy. Like that's the important thing. I think that's been cool for me. Joe has been really, really helpful in this because I think the part that does not get talked about is these caddies on that live tour are making a ton of money. And that's a big game changer. And a lot of people, I would say mostly everybody on tour is very close with their caddy. Obviously you're, you're with them a lot, but I think a lot of them are friends, like really good friends. And Joe is one of my best friends. And like to be able to hear him tell me like, Hey, wherever you go, I go has been a really big boost uh, to me. And like, I think there's only a couple of people that could say, Hey, I, I need, I want you to go like, I want you to go and we will make more money. And like them two would be like the ones and like to have people align with your viewpoints in that, that are close to you. Like that's been, that's been awesome. And I just wanted to, to point that out about, about them too, especially Joe uh, in this case, because I think that that's not getting talked about. It, it is, again, it is okay. In my opinion to go, it's okay to do that. If, if, if you want to make more money, like that's kind of the thing, like that's a great route to do it. Um, if you want to sit here and try to make president's cup, uh, that's also like a right way to do it. Um, but it would be hard if you were having people telling you, you know, go, don't go, go, don't go that are in your inner, inner circle. It's been badass to have Joe telling me like, I want to play where the best players play. And I want you to go prove that you're the best player. Like, let's go take that challenge on. And I know, you know, a lot of people, especially in this little group, know Joe really well. And even I was like a little surprised that he didn't even have like an inkling to go. And I thought that was, that was cool. And I also, I'll tell a story a different time, but he front streeted a different caddy last week that did go, who was bragging about it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Damn. Hell yeah. I mean, like, it's cool too, that you like, you don't even want to know the number because it, A, it doesn't matter to you and B, like it's going to muddle your thoughts or whatever and see like you see a guy like abe answer who's 20 in the world and has one pga tour win you have how many in the last two years three yeah yeah like like of course they would want you and it, plus all your social stuff plus your personality you know and all that and it's like all right like i would imagine your yours is probably in that neighborhood if not higher than that and but the fact that like so like anybody saying that 
that oh you haven't gotten an offer or they don't want you is is fucking insane I, I think everybody on tour, like they would, they would go with right now. Like, that's the thing. So that's why, like, I don't knock these guys for going. That is a hard no. Like, that's a tough one. I, I have chosen not to put myself in that position. And like that, that's made this a lot easier, but like to sit here and think that like these guys aren't somewhat like jealous in a way of like what you're hearing, like it, it, it's a, definitely a thing. I just like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's the weirdest part about this going on right now. It's like you, you are seeing people being paid ungodly amounts of money to play golf. And at this point in time, world ranking wise, like, you, you know, a lot of those guys are not like in the same like current form as, as some of like the best golfers. So it's like, it's tough. Like you could, you, I'm, I'm really impressed by, I imagine some of those top guys have gotten dumb figures thrown out thrown at them and to not take it is pretty impressive if that's you know because they're proving that that's like not what they care about the most in, in this game at the moment but the guys who have gone like it it make it makes a crazy amount of sense it's just like that's what's like fragmenting this whole thing is like i learned that some like that that people like they just like our opinions are so different it's kind of like politics like you can argue with somebody and realize man like we just see the world differently and and it's 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 okay it's just that's what's the the kind of the the leading uh points of of all this news is like i feel like you 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 see you see how people take this information a little bit differently and like what what it is that like interests them and like that's i think for so long like in sports i always would argue that people only play this game uh, to win like championships, but at the same time, like how many people like Abe answered to that point is an amazing golfer. Like he should have probably won more. He's played better than me for those two years. And I've happened to win a few more. And it's like, th- like that, that doesn't like th- maybe the championships thing is just, is not as big of a, um, a focal point or he, th- like, he'll get that on the other tour. Like it's just, everyone is so different, man. And that's what I've really learned through this, which has been kind of cool because in a way because like uh, it would be weird if we all thought the exact same it's funny even on that front to just look at like the the media who has kind of chosen sides and like obviously it's very clear where we all stand and and kind of what we're rooting for but on the other side of it it's like clay travis stephen a smith colin cowherd who are like yeah like this is bullshit these guys need to take this money it's like, yo, are any of you going to watch any of these golf tournaments? Like, well, no, I mean, like, probably not. Yeah. Like, well, they're, they're, what, they're what just are you parachuting talking about, golf. man? Like, it's yeah. not, Call, it's, Colin, it's Colin all this, like, proxy war for, what's that? Colin said that Tiger barely played tour events. He only played majors and uh, some Euro events. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that, that's 81 versus spot well, on. 82 versus 14. 15, but, yeah, it all just turns into this, like, massive proxy war for like whether you care about money or whether you don't care about money and why you work and all these things it just gets it's it's a really cool conversation that's going i have a question for you max Uh, let's say the situation would have been different with the people around you and let's say you were taking a hundred million dollar offer from live let's say you've you've said yes would you be a little ashamed like would you be prideful about it like on social media would you be super excited about it or would you like deep down have like some shame in in uh in how that decision played out apologizing to the cat privately yeah i'd have to apologize to the cat um i wouldn't be loud about it like i wouldn't be like 
bragging about it i don't think my point kind of being like you your your jovial social media like attitude would like the 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 you would you would experience hostility towards you in a lot of ways like and that has to be like a factor in the decision i would think for some of these people like you're you're turning a lot of people against you that's what i was going to say uh you know just reading like like no offense to abe answer i don't know him at all i greatly enjoyed his podcast appearance uh and it seems like he got just millions and millions and millions of dollars but yeah like his little statement that he posted on twitter was like somebody died or it's just like guys like right. i know you're not gonna like this but That's like saying i really had to think long and hard about it and i've chosen to you know, i've chosen to go to live it was it was i'm sorry i know you guys are mad for, i know you guys are mad but i've, I've, I've got to do it it was like it's a like, death wow, knell cool. for his career he was basically yes. saying like hey like i you know this is gonna give me more time to like invest in my in my mezcal Dude, and my tequila loves or business. like foundation and all this and it, like there wasn't anything about like how this is going to help his golf game or because nobody that. can say that part with a straight face yeah nobody can say like they all try to say you know whether it was it was taylor and his family. presser or it was kevin Nod being like no 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 like the biggest issue facing pro golf is just bad draws and this gets rid of it with these shotgun starts like it's that's what I'm excited about. And it's like, oh my God, like, dude, how can any of you do this with a straight face? It's such bullshit. That's where, so, I mean, sorry, like, like I think going back to to guys that we were talking about, like props to certain guys, like same thing with Rom. I mean, dude, we didn't he, mention him earlier, but like he threw out that $400 million yes. number. Yeah. I don't think that was out of nowhere. Like, I think that's what, I think that's what Rom was offered. And he was just like, fuck it. No, like I'm out, you know? And you know, especially him being like a Steve Loy guy, and well, especially Mickelson with, being Loy's, you know, agent or Loy being Mickelson's agent, and then like I'm worried that Sung Jae might go because he just went through. And what's happening with commercial real estate? The, the butcher shop and <laughs> price of meats and all this. I mean, all this stuff. The butcher needs to uh, needs to get paid. The funny, the funniest part about all that too is like obviously the rumor mill's been like insanity. I only know through like. I, I don't I don't know what anybody's doing except one person is Taylor and like everything else is just, I found out at the US Open is straight up rumor like you don't know anything really unless you've talked to the person even if you probably have maybe like they might not like as Rory said about Brooks like maybe you still don't even know but it was funny because um Ron plays a practice round we're on the putting green Ron plays a practice round with Na and Mickelson and a lot of people looked <laughs> we're no looking around like oh boy and while we were out on the course, I uh, heard a little birdie say, Rom's real interested. And I was like, damn, like that would be a humongous domino in this whole thing. And then I get off the golf course, finish practice, and I get on my phone and I see this press conference. And I'm like, yep, this just proves, no, like, honestly, nobody knows anything. Uh, it's all rumor because he, he eviscerated the idea. And it was just like shocking to see somebody who I think the entire morning wave of that practice day thought, all right. <laughs> See you, Rom. <laughs> You're playing with two guys on it. Phil Mickelson, one of his like close buddies, um, you know, mentor. Like you just think this has to mean something, and you find out it meant nothing. And I guess all the rumor stuff is just like it's it's almost exhausting. Uh, and it was very almost like sobering to go to the U.S. Open and 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 actually start to see that like I know nothing. It, I followed him. So he, nah, he didn't end up playing with Nah that day. It was just him and Phil. And he like wanted to talk about the all the live stuff with me in front of Phil. He's like, "So what do you think? 
what do you think about all this stuff? And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, we should probably go walk over here because of what I have to say might get me a lot of trouble <laughs> with, with this other guy. But his kind of stance on everything was that was a that was a big win for the tour, I would have to say. He was hitting really bad shots too, right? So oh, he kept hitting horrible. Like we would talk for like a couple of minutes and then he'd step up and hit a horrible shot. And I felt, I would like try to walk away and he'd like come seek me out again. I'm like, here's another thing that I haven't thought about. <laughs> Do you guys want to get into some of the stuff that came out today? New schedule stuff, new new format. I kind of want to get or Max's reaction to some of this. Um, Please. And- we shit on a couple of live things real quick. Sure. The fact that, I mean, Gooch, Gooch no longer a captain. The Crushers. I think the Crushers have a crisis getting- of getting of getting, leadership getting to shambo point. as yeah. a captain now the crush no, no, i'm sorry torque torque gc yeah uh, yeah torque 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 got the new i think tanahara is now their captain yeah they're going in a different direction which i respect i think it's a little early in the season but you know i get it can we shit on ogletree a little bit too like <laughs> can you imagine getting dumped after one event can you imagine being so entitled about like man i just can't i can't get anywhere to play this is bullshit i should be able to get all these starts i should be able to get these starts and you go sign up and you get 125 grand for last place and potentially banned for life from the PJ tour. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I wouldn't dunk yeah. too hard though. Cause I'm pretty sure he's guaranteed Asian tour starts now that like, cool. I think they're just going to funnel him there to make a bunch of money there. So but even uh, then it's just God, like, you know, like wait, wait to bet on yourself, man. <laughs> Chicken shit. Bitch. <laughs> but the Saudis are our ally. I think I learned that from him. That's true. Yeah. He encouraged you to do your own research on that for <laughs> anything else. No, that was just, I just wanted to get the blast off. I feel like you're <laughs> you just had to get the Ogletree news well, out there. I, I, one other thing to note is Morikawa definitively state, stated that uh, he is not going to live. He is happy with the PGA Tour. And quote, the media uh, was spreading around rumors about, uh, you know, th- that he was potentially going. So it sounds like the media is actually just the Pumpkin Ridge GM out there telling a lot of people. That's literally the stuff. only person that I think we've heard that. We've seen there's been so many people have reached out like the pumpkin GM told me blah 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 or whatever. I don't know. That may be a lie too, for all we know. It could be perpetrated by Liv, whatnot. Uh pumpkin GM might turn into a pumpkin by the time this is all over. It's possible. So I it was good that Colin definitively stated. I think he could have definitively stated it before that. Uh, you know, when he was asked about it at the US Open, he could have been much more definitive about it. But uh and, 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 and we had, you know, tweeted out like every single source we've ever heard has said Colin is not doing it. Like, I don't know where all these rumors are coming from, but I also think the media is not quite to blame for uh, for that rumor flying around. Props so. to the Excel guys. No, you know, not, I don't think anybody from Excel is gone. I don't think uh, anybody, uh, like Team Wasp seems to be relatively standing strong. There may be a few defections here and there from Team Wasp. Namely, uh, you know, I think Wolf's been rumored. Big Dick Rick. But, you know, I think otherwise it's like, you know what? Like, like not even Team Rose is gone. It's true. Which the, is the funniest part about the Wolf rumors is they weren't rumors. It, he was just in their ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't even yeah. a real rumor. Like you can't blame the media for that one. Like I was just yeah. a straight or up Bubba, ad. <laughs> you know, or like or like Bubba was in their stuff and he's just hurt right now. Right. Like I think the more concerning thing with Colin is is the cereal. Like that's like some it's it's super concerning. My old my I used to have a I stole like the idea obviously from somebody else, but. I, my old tweet, I would tweet at the, uh, when the Giants were playing the Dodgers, I would like, I remember I used to tweet, not because he actually does it, but I, w- I would say, you know, Hunter Pence pours the milk in before the cereal as like a complete nutter diss. And now I find out that one of my like favorite guys on tour is also a nut bag. Uh, so that was, that was concerning. That's tough for you. Yeah. The Cal Bears, man, we, we can't catch a break. <laughs> 
It's also one of those fake things that people get really riled up about that no one really actually cares about. That, uh... But that's the best part of life. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. The conversation's been a little too serious lately, so I'm, I'm in. That's what keeps me alive. Sally, <laughs> so, I think before we talk schedule, because I think this is going to lead right into it, is the Euro Tour's position and all this. Because I think you know this probably dovetails with some of the international events stuff that. We're going to talk about with the 23 schedule and the fall series and all that stuff. But Pelly, I guess, is supposed to come out tomorrow. We heard through some sources that I guess they're going to throw the band hammer down, which means that they're going to align more closely with the PGA Tour. And, you know, as soon as balls go in the air tomorrow, or I guess, you know, either tomorrow or next week uh, with Liv, I guess they're going to, you know, it sounds like, you know, or that's a big bluff. And because I tend to think that, that Pelly's, best option is to align with the Saudis where, you know, like they're both shitty options. They're going to be relegated to the kids table either way, but at least I guess, you know, the strategic Alliance allows them to, you know, keep the Ryder cup and kind of keep things going on that level. But yeah, I, I just think Pelly's position in all this is really, really interesting. Yeah. And this is, this is one that I just, I, I, I'm not as up to speed on, or I've thought about enough as to, as to what, what should or could or will happen in this regard. I'm kind of just waiting for this one to play out. They're on different ground than, than the PGA tour is definitely. And, uh, and yeah, it, it was reported that they were mulling over options from both. And then I don't know how accurate that was because they had, you know, stated that that you know Keith was not at Centurion Club, and that was a sick detonation. I yeah, don't I don't, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but it seems like it seemed like a, there was at least a, a glimpse into that 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 might happen, the possibility with the Saudis. But um, basically, on everyone I've talked to since then, it does not seem to be the case. So I think. Can I play some more Rory audio? Sure. All right, this is uh, Rory being asked about the the European tour. I would like to see. Like, and I've always, I've always advocated for something where the tours work more closely together or we create some sort of world tour model or ATP model where there's different events going on in different areas of the world, but they're all governed under one umbrella. So, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the PGA tour and the European tour start to work more closely together and, and maybe try to forge a path to where, um, all the biggest golf events in the world are, are under the same the same umbrella. You see that happening? Uh, I think it's hard to say at this point, but I I would like to think that it's a possibility. Only context I think I would give to that is like Rory's been in policy board meetings for like five yeah. hours today, so I I don't think that that was like a uh, out of nowhere out of nowhere answer. So I I think it's a very compelling. It, you know, I think we were all talking about that this week. Like this idea if if the tour and the Euro tour somehow kind of merged together and you could basically have license to kind of blow up the system truly and create like a real world tour that had, takes the best events from both tours and has proper feeder systems and all that stuff. I think it, it starts to actually get like very, very compelling. And good for fans and players alike. And you can unlock like global corporate ad spend versus just North America or just Europe. Yeah. Uh, and national opens. Of Let's course. lift up the national opens people. It's like, but like, like that's where I'm at with these, with these three, you know, I mean, Sally, let, let's just go through the, the proposals here. 
you know, starting at the end of the 2022-23 season, only the top 70 players in the FedEx Cup points will qualify for the first playoff tournament, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. The top 50 in the standings will move onward to the BMW Championship one week later, and the traditional top 30 players going on to the Tour Championship at Eastlake. And in addition, the 50 players who qualify for the BMW Championship will earn berths into a lucrative three-event series to be held overseas in the fall of 2023. Those events are expected to be staged in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East in consecutive weeks with purses of at least $20 million each. Max, any thought? What are your initial thoughts on when you hear that? Uh, it was, I, I loved it. It was great. Like I mentioned before, for like a, a, a months now, I feel like every news dump is like been negative for the PJ tour. Uh, and obviously someone like pushing for it, for the tour to succeed. Like it, it was just like hard to, like the only thing that we got that, or that, that was said like prior to this was that, you know, some guys might get suspended and, like that doesn't make me feel like that much better. Like, you know, like I mentioned before, like one of my closest buddies, Taylor, that means we aren't playing golf anymore together until the majors. So it's like, that wasn't like good news. This at least was like, it felt felt like a well thought out strategic move that like, I think if you're on the fence at the moment, like that would keep you from jumping. I, I like the idea of, I mean, the purse, the upping of some of these purses is insanity, how much more money it is. They're obviously trying to do their best to filter more money to the top guys while also keeping the competitive nature of the PJ tour, like the same. Um, so kind of, you know, if, if you're someone like me, like that's kind of best of both worlds. I thought that a lot of, a lot of what he proposed was obviously well thought out. Also, you know, I know that they had to like vote on this through the pack and the board and like, it's, uh, that's tough because you're getting some guys on that are not the top guys, you know, and that, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, decision to make, but the fact that it was made, you know, I don't know. I was impressed with it. They, they, they showed some, some form of like innovation. I don't know. I think it's better for like, you know, obviously it, it's not perfect all the way down the list, but I do think that in, in what we've got going on right this moment, I think it was what they needed to do. Max, is it true that like guys just talking about that discussion within the membership and within kind of like Jay selling the rank and file guys on this, like, do you feel like guys want to bet on themselves to where, you know, the guy that's 90th or a hundredth on the money list this year feels like he's got a bright future ahead of him. Like wants to, they're fine giving up a little bit of the pie now or a little bit of stability or a little bit of, you know, certainty, you know, for a bigger up a, for a bigger upside and then B to make sure that that pie keeps going versus having the same amount of a pie that could evaporate if they don't make these changes. I think so. I can't speak for everybody, but the guys that, you know, I've talked to or know or whatever, like I know they have, they, they have that bet on themselves mentality. Um, again, like if someone were to offer that person $20 million to go to a different tour, like, I don't know if that would be the same thing, you know, or if they, if they would stay that course, like, obviously that's a, that's a whole different ball game, but um, I don't know. I, I think that mostly everybody I think understands that I, the fact that, you know, for this to continue moving forward, like it's not like you have to take a step back. It's just that you're going to have to play a lot better golf, I guess, to get to reap all these benefits. And I think what kind of the, the point that's, I guess, somewhat important is we hear all the time how like it's a razor thin margin between a mini tour and the corn Ferry tour. And it's a razor thin margin between the corn Ferry tour and the PJ tour. 
Well, think about the 90th guy on the money list. Like how small do you think that gap is to the top 50? Like if, if we're going to go with that, with that uh, equation, like it's, it's pretty damn small. So it takes a year, maybe two years to like pop off and figure out how to get, get into this little uh, like kind of the, the, where, where you're getting all these benefits of what Monaghan proposed today uh, going forward. So I imagine that a lot of the guys do have that, you know, kind of fight in them to say, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen for myself. And if you don't, again, I don't think you're, you're not really essentially getting punted. It's not better for you, but I don't think it's like catastrophically worse. Um, I could be wrong, but it feels like it's, it's, it's a slight setback with the opportunity for a big pot of gold at the end, I guess. Plus to keep the party going yeah, as well. We didn't really talk about like the other the other half of this, right? Yeah. Which is if you are outside that top 70 and you don't make the playoffs, then you're you're basically going into the fall events, which are not FedEx Cup events, but you're you're playing almost like a mini series where you're trying to kind of get into that top one twenty five, so top fifty five. It's like extended corn fairy finals. Basically, basically. Like I a assume they would up corn fairy finals. It would yeah. probably throw the corn fairy finals graduates into that as I well. Would think so. Yeah, we don't have a. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure about that one though, because I I think at least from what I've heard, I'm not not real well versed on this, but from what I've heard, like if you finish seventy one, you still stay at seventy one, and like you can't lose your stuff, but you have more opportunity to play and better your number for the next season. But like that wouldn't change your status that much you would have more opportunity to play for money. And then it would give those corn fairy guys a few extra starts to like make some money. So like, I think there's some parts to that that aren't bad. Like my, my whole beef with the, the tour, like if I was commissioner for a day type thing, like my beef with it for a, uh, basically like a year and a half now has been that we don't have an off season and like yeah. that being addressed is good. And it also should present more opportunity for guys who have a hard time getting into events to get into a few more. And like, that's not bad. Like, again, it's not great, but it, I don't think it's that bad. It's not, it's not going to be received perfectly, but I think once they, once, once people get to see that, like, if you took at the entirety of it, it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know at some point, like the, 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 the super seasons we've had the last two years are a joke. Like you don't, you don't get to rest. Like I, I've, whether you want to go on vacation or like I've wanted to play like the Australian tour events or the, the, those three big ones, like, or any, literally anything like you can't do it right now. Like nobody can, not, not the 125th guy, not the one guy, like you have to play a lot. And yeah. it's, 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 I'm not saying it's exhausting. What was me? I'm saying it's exhausting in the fact that you don't have like a life. Like my wife's supposed to give birth early November. That's when the false false starts like this next year, which is still going to be a thing. Like I have to figure out what events I'm going to skip and how that's going to affect my season. How far down like, just, you start the year on. Yeah. Basically. And it's like, dude, like it's not rocket science. People have pointed out, like, if you have a good fall, you typically have a good season. And I've never had a good fall until this year. And look at this. I'm having a good season. Like <laughs> it, it matters to, so much. And it's like, you can't sit there and just think like, unless you're Rory who can come out and play like one, two events, win one of them. And like, it doesn't matter. Like for most guys, you, you need more starts an opportunity or a more condensed schedule so that your good starts go a lot further. But if you're not getting into every event, like look at Bo Hosser, Bo Hosser's played awesome this year. Yeah. And he was an alternate this week to get into the travelers. Like it's such a grind because nowadays everyone has to play everything 
And I think in this way, at least you would have some events maybe that you could just like get to play and like get maybe a rhythm. I could be totally off on this, but like to me, part of that does sound okay. Also, it's kind of like, like, you know, not just taking time off of like, you know, working on your swing or doing a swing change or something like that and not having the anxiety of like falling behind or like you're in quicksand. And well, like even, even, even bigger, dude, I had my, my, I hurt my, I hurt my shoulder last year at the BMW and had like two weeks off until whatever Fortnite, I think was my next event, maybe two and a half weeks off. And then, and I never had a chance to like, like do anything about it. It was like a constant, like season long, like, so we're still working on it. Like it's not some major thing, but it has never had time to like, I could just sit down for a couple weeks. And then this year at Bay Hill, I hurt my hand and I was freaking out because I was like, man, like I'm having a good season already. Like when can I fix this? Like when, like, if I need to go see a doctor, like, when do I go do that? Because if that doctor says I, you know, something bad that I don't want to hear, like, do I wear it? and like just keep dealing with it until no like there's no time when like there's no eventual time i could go get something done so then i'm gonna have to make a decision as to when i'm going to fix that and like what events i'm going to skip to do that and it's like that's that's tough man like you need some time off and the thing about these like proposed uh big money like just money grabs no fedex cut points no world ranking just money that that, like people are kind of laughing at because it's just like the live thing you don't have to play in those. Like you can decide not to play in those. It does not hurt your standing in any regard. And I think that is, that's good. Like that's a very good option while there's also, you know, these fall events to, to play in. Like, I think that's a good thing overall because the biggest gripe that I totally get of the guys who've gone to the live tour saying that they don't need to play as much. That is a big deal. Like People have families, people have other interests outside of golf. That's a big deal. Only having to play, even if you do all the Euro stuff, playing 19, 20 events a year, that's a lot better than kind of not being forced, but being pushed to play like 30 something events. Like it's too much. Like it's just, you're supposed to play this game to like 45 or 50 years old. Like hell no, if I'm playing 35 events a year, like no, thank you. Like I, I don't know if I could sustain it physically or mentally. So it's like having some downtime a condensed schedule where it's a little bit more of a sprint and less of just like a never ending marathon. I think, I think once this starts to get back to being like, this becomes more of a mainstream thing. I think everyone will understand that like the macro bird's eye view of this is good. Like there's obviously going to be things that suck, like not perfect for everybody. And and I am very sympathetic of that. And like, I just don't know what else they could do in this exact instance to, to deal with what's happening. And that's where I'm at too, is I think everybody saw this as a bit of a, like, Oh, the tour is going to do something big and bold and crazy and blow things up and change it. And, you know, this is such a like key moment for pro golf. And really what it feels like is that we just got like revamped WGCs and Max, I'm happy for you. Happy for you and your colleagues. You guys are going to make a ton more money. Uh, as a golf fan, I I don't really feel much of anything. Kind of shrug, I, I total shrug. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe some of that fall stuff will be kind of cool if like somebody can kind of play their way in and and if they go to very cool golf courses in the fall, which I don't think we should give them any shred of the benefit of the doubt that they will do. Yeah, maybe those could be cool. But other than that, it it just kind of feels like we're doing we're doing the WGC's thing over again and we're running that playbook back. And from a like 
PJ Tour Dick Rider perspective, I'm like, yeah, this makes perfect sense, man. I see why you did it. Seems like it's going to keep the members happy. Seems like you're addressing some of the issues. From a golf fan perspective, I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Like, I, I that, that that's fair, but I think the January to August, I think the January to August for the fans is better. Like DJ, you and I have talked about that totally, before. Like, totally, the season should start in January. It feels like it starts. You you don't dilute the product as much. And I think that could be a that that could be the part. I don't think that these like money grab events are going to attract more viewers by any means. But it's like I do think that like the 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 consolidated season, like the FedEx Cup season, I think that's I think that's more interesting personally because I think when you start uh, a season and play like forever, and then you have this weird like two week break, three week break. Like, I just don't think that does it for anybody. I'm a big fan of golf. And like that, that's also been the, my problem is like, it's hard to get up for events when it feels like we're never, we never get a chance to breathe as a fan. And I, I think that it, a lot of people are looking at it in that viewpoint that, that you mentioned that, oh, well, these events still aren't going to interest me. Like, why would I care? It's like, I don't think that you have to. I think that the actual season will be much more interesting now. I do think there's a certain sense of like, I think it's a good thing to invest in the shit that's already good, like Genesis, API, Memorial, Match Play is sick. I wish Grupo Salinas would hop in the boat here and do some stuff <laughs> Mexico-wise. But, I mean, because it's kind of like one of those things where, like, there's, there's kind of two tours already, right? There's kind of the, the majors, invitationals, WGCs, pick off a few tournaments here or there, like kind of the Rory DJ tour. And then there's like the everybody else tour, right? And you've, you've yeah. kind of been straddling both of those a little bit, but I think one of the things that they'll need to do as well is, you know, if they kind of solidify that a little bit more of like, Hey, we've got the, you know, the majors plus the invitationals plus these three tournaments in the fall kind of thing, then there needs to be a little bit more connectivity between the corn Ferry tour and, and that 70 to 125 in there, because I feel like, you know, that's where I get a little disappointed if it's like, all right, you're just recycling the 70 to 125 guys and they don't really leave the pot or they don't really leave the pool at all. It's like, hey, let's let's get a little bit more churn going because that because then you're encouraging, you know, a little bit more interest from the younger guys. Like you're keeping them in the boat, you know, of hey, you're you're closer to these riches if you play well instead of the, you know, kind of the Zalatoris thing of like, you know, hey man, you're gonna have to work extra hard to be a part of the system here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like we saw this months ago in terms of what how this was going to play out for golf fans. Exactly what you said, DJ. Does all this make sense in wartime? Does it make sense to make sure that you you know nail down as many of players as you can to stay on this tour? Like, does all of that make sense of signing you know upping purses and everything they've done? Of course, it makes sense. Does who like does it end up with like a better product for us? I, maybe like maybe like I, I kind of can get down with like hey these are the big events like these are the events that are going to matter and we've weed out weeded out a lot that don't matter but yeah the the three no cut cash grab events are yeah that's not what golf fans are necessarily asking for they are asking for the stars to stay I think but you know yeah it's not going to be a huge wind windfall for for the fanhood I don't think but what I would love free idea they won't probably do this but i think they should is if it's 50 guys it is not tied to points it's not i don't who knows i mean i'm sure there'll be buku world rankings and all that stuff but no 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 there's not there's not there's not really yeah no there's no there's no implication at all it's just a free ride like here's 60 million dollars for three weeks up for grabs well max that makes it even better than what i was gonna say is like get 
really fucking wild yeah. with the production stuff. <laughs> Mike guys up. Yeah. Like get go to cool venues. Go like get as loose as as possible. Like get cameras in there like crazy. Like those you have to do something. Make to, it like make it like the test bed. Yeah, me. you gotta do something to differentiate those events and make them like make me care at all. Otherwise, literally it is just a live event. So it, unless you can like unless you can differentiate it on the media side, production side, like coverage side, then I, I, yeah, I'm not totally sure why I'd watch. Can I wear the tour hat for just one second? I'm I'm Please. I'm the tour guy. Please. We don't care. Okay, we don't. We don't <laughs> care. We don't care. We're not going to do any of that stuff. <laughs> uh, to play the, I'll play the player side <laughs> really quick. Um, DJ to that point. I actually, I do think I. Now, who knows? Truly, a who knows situation. But I players are more inclined to do wonky shit when my like world ranking and my FedEx cup thing aren't like on the line. Like you, you're going to tell me to wear a mic and I now have to think about what I'm going to say. Not because I say bad stuff, just because maybe there's some stuff I am not proud of how much I swear all the time and little things. And now I'm thinking about this thing on me, but I'm also playing the, uh, a tournament that if I don't play well and I miss the cut that knocks me down on everything. And my hopes and dreams are not based off of unfortunately your entertainment like it's hard for me to be sold on, okay, go out there and entertain the fans because that is not like, that is not what I've been like bred to do. Now, if it was a lot less like in, intrusive, I would probably be more inclined, but like anything that's not like our status quo, sadly, is just like, it's not of interest to the players. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm just like using the grand scheme. I've seen it happen. Uh, I played with a dude who wore a mic at a, a tournament. He played horrible the first day. And after he mentioned, he said, I just couldn't stop thinking about like, that everyone could hear what I was saying, just in case, like, even though he is the nicest, never says a bad thing person, it's something. But if I'm playing in an event where it kind of like, doesn't matter as much, way more inclined to do anything to make it fun, because I think we all do want it to be entertaining. But everyone on tour is a selfish motherfucker. <laughs> like, that is part of it. I've never had a team, man, I play golf. That's what I do for me. Like, that's why we all play. And it's it, it just, this is like the cold, hard, shitty truth. The backside is that we do want to entertain everybody. And we want that to be like a part of the, the, the journey of professional golf. But forefront of everyone's brain is not that. You're telling me to go play golf because if I don't play well, I lose out on whatever my hopes and dreams are of that week. And like, it, I just don't think you can get players behind all the wonky stuff unless, and hopefully in this case, people are more, more into doing that. And you use the live tour a little bit. I mean, shoot, they did interviews on the first tee. Like we would never do that in a tour event, like ever. And like, I'm not saying that it was way more interesting, but you could just see that people are a little bit more flexible. And I'm hoping that that, that turns into the case, but it, that's a, that's a way different sell when when uh or it's a diff it's a, it's apples to oranges if you're like comparing that to playing like the genesis invitational where it's like you know it, it's more of like a locked in thing like it, i don't know it's it, it, I, no, I i think that's me, totally saying sense. that it's shitty to say and admit but like that's just how everyone thinks that makes no, i think it's very flip side though if it's a 20 million dollar purse and you're playing for like you know like fedex cup was like you're playing for that year-end bonus right you're trying to get to east leg and i know there's other shit tied to it as far as major appearances and players and all that stuff but you know 20 million dollar purse so that's what four million to the winner three and a half four three and a half three and a half three and a half so you know it's it, like it's essentially the player's purse from this year yeah some a lot of what some of these guys play for is the money and so when you ask them to do the wonky shit in a 
in an event where there's a $20 million purse, I could see some pushback there as well. Sure. For well, sure. But I just think there's, there's a better incentive to do it. Like yeah, you yeah. will get more guys to do it. Like as some, like talking about me now, like I, I want all of that. Like I said, I'm a fan of like the game of golf. I obviously listen to you guys all the time. Like I want to do more of that stuff. But right when I saw the dude have the mic and just talk about how not great it was, I'm like, man, like, I kind of just got to keep doing the things I've been doing, you know, like you just, it's, it's like a fear factor of it. Especially if, you know, the guy you're playing against isn't wearing a mic or your competitors. Not yes. wearing, like, yeah. yeah I don't, nobody's going to like willingly put themselves at a disadvantage, like for the altruistic, you know, feelings of the fan, but uh, you don't want to be the only the, one doing it at yeah. the same time. Like I just like the tour needs to also be like held accountable or called out or whatever for like, you, you can't go and press conferences and on CBS and shit on like, this isn't real golf that they're playing. This is just exhibitions. Like, okay, well, how are you going to keep them on the PJ tour exhibitions? Yeah. Like, all right, well, there has to be exhibitions for a lot less money. There has to be some, some point to why, why this stuff. Can we get a fucking cut cam on Fridays? Like, good God, like, give me a cut cam. Like, like that is the most obvious layup idea. Like follow a couple guys on the cut. Like it's so easy. Get rid of uh, TPC Craig ranch as well. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I've never even played there. <laughs> Can we talk about some of the uh, purse increases? As uh, I think that might have been the biggest news of the day, if you will. And we're that was insane. Almost, almost an hour and a half into this, but Century is up to fifteen million from eight point two. Genesis up to twenty million from twelve. Fifteen million for like thirty-five players. Yeah. Correct. Eight. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bay Hill up to twenty million from twelve million. Players up to twenty-five from twenty. Match play up to 20 from 12. FedEx St. Jude up to 20 million from 15 million. BMW up to 20 million from 15 million. Total increase. Max, can you guess what the total increase was? Live tour or live Roman numeral. Correct. 53.8 million, which if you round it, it rounds to symmetry to live. Max is kicking in the extra 200k to get to 50. And I, <laughs> for the joke, I might. And I, I hate that we have to bury this this far into the pod because it's definitely these people on Twitter are not listening, probably not listening to the pod period, and not listening, uh, you know, this far in. God, I've never read so many. Phil was right the whole time. Tweets oh, as I did today. <laughs> we should all be thanking him for what I read today. What in the world would we be thanking Phil for on this day? And and was he uh, right for lining our pockets? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It like it's crazy how that feels like five years ago. But I believe his head was in the right place. I again, I, I think I just. That when the figures were not correct, it's hard to it's hard to feel like a lot of credibility in it. And to be clear, he is saying he that the tour is yeah the tour is sitting on twenty billion dollars of digital assets, and he said the tour had a a fund a slush fund or a fund, like a reserve fund of eight hundred million dollars, which is just not accurate. Like we, I went to the source on this one to understand exactly how the reserve fund works. The reserve fund was around three hundred million prior to the pandemic hitting, and if the pandemic if they weren't allowed to return to golf because of the pandemic, it would have been dwindled under a hundred million dollars. But through the events they were able to put on, they were able to get it to around 250, only whittle it down about 50 million to subsidize all the, the crazy pandemic year of 2020. And like a, a reserve fund is in place for specifically for things like that, for external factors that would threaten the tour's ability to make payroll, to be able to pay players, all this kind of thing. So the idea that Phil was trying to put out into the media that a lot of people are regurgitating 
was that the tour is sitting on just piles and piles of cash and refusing to pay the players that cash and totally ignoring all of the underlying factors as to why player purse increases are going up at the rate they are. Why, you know, I, I do have questions as to why it took, you know, why this, why right now they're all of a sudden throwing this out there. But I think an important point that we made earlier on was like, this isn't even necessarily sold yet. And they're only dipping into the reserve fund for maybe a third of this $54 million increase. And um, it, it, it just it, it very quick decisions from a lot of people to say like, oh, they're just there it was the money was just sitting there. Now, all of a sudden it comes out. How convenient. And it's just not the case. It's just not Deej. And, and to that point, again, this is kind of touching on what I said earlier, but Jay Monahan, like if he would have screamed this even louder, we would have like bagged him for being too like gauche and talking too much about money and, and just taking away from the competitiveness of, of the tour and all of this stuff. But like he flat out fucking said this, like it's, it's been saying this for like 18 months now, just since they signed the TV deal, like, yo, purses are about to fucking skyrocket. Like we are on it. Purses about to go way, way, way up. Sally, you've mentioned this a million times. They, they got an influx of $700 million more per year in the, in the TV deal, which I know is averaged. Right. And, and which is like, smooth out, yeah. which is smoothed out and kind of like averaged over the life of the, whatever it is, nine year TV deal. So it probably starts as a little bit of an increase and then slowly moves up to a really big increase. But that's the other thing is like, you're not going to just nuke these these purses immediately. And then if some extraneous thing happens, if let's say the Saudis try to take over the game of golf, you have to suddenly like bring purses down. Like, is that going to be a good signal to the membership? No. So you got it. Like, I think they were already doing this in like their long range planning. And like he said today, and we're very much like taking him at his word and, and probably giving him too much benefit of the doubt, but this basically just moved up the timeline and what they had to do to move up the timeline was to basically put out some unsold events and kind of like an IOU, like, you know, we hope that these are going to be there, but uh, you know, check back with us when we release the schedule. Kind we, of a thing. we could be looking at the velocity global for sure. You it, know, October. Uh, you, you know who this is a big, a big six months for oh my work. God is that workday's music? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to step in sponsor everything. And so just look back at, in. <laughs> one third of the increase comes from title sponsors. One third comes from future stuff they have to sell. One third comes from the reserves. And also you're going to treat your reserves differently when like the future of your tour is at risk than you would have right. two or three years prior when like the reserves are for something completely different. And those are but, rough yeah, estimates I, on those thirds. Like I, they don't know I, I, exactly how that's going to shake out. Right. But that's like an estimation of how they're planning to, planning to fund it and and uh yeah i mean if the average uh, annual revenue from the previous deal to the current deal for the re- just for the media rights went from 400 to 700 million like there there's going to be money there there's going to be more like purses are going to go even more nuts than this this is this is the beginning this is right so all right one question i have on that is like if they're hitting up title sponsors for more money slash a lot more money the new TV deal, all that ratings are kind of staying the same. It's not going down. Like, are we going to get hit with even more commercials? I can't imagine we're getting less. I don't think. Yeah, probably not getting less there, big guy. <laughs> yeah. None of this like, was like, oh, know, guys, it's about to get really good for the fans. That's the really good. Yeah, part. no, like that's that's the concern too. Of like, all right, like is, is this just some self fulfilling prophecy, or are we just pushing it off to where like, like it, it becomes even less watchable, and and we get to the point where 
in three or four years, like the ratings have declined so much that like there's there's no hope. You know? For, I mean, like we had, we used to have Steve Jobs and Johnny Cash, and and, and what was it? Now we have no Jobs, no Cash, no hope. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think some other questions I have are just like some ideas of like I think it'll really matter like how they position these these three events where if they want to do a good thing and going back to that European tour strategic alliance and making truly kind of a global tour of like you know lifting like basically making it to where like max like you're a proper player like the fact like like i would imagine that if you went down to to australia to go play in those events one year out of five or two years out of five like you would come back a better player right like you're going to learn more yeah, about yeah. your golf game and about you know and i think the game would be stronger if you know like that's a very like you look at cam smith jason day Mark Leishman, like there's like, you know, Minwoo Lee, like there's plenty of good players coming from Australia. And I think it's like a very like vibrant golf market. And the more the PGA tour has connectivity into that market, the better it is for the game, you know, where like if they schedule these, these fall events out to where it can give a lift to stuff that's not necessarily part of the PGA tour, like give a lift to the Australian open or to just a little bit more connectivity with like the worldwide golf ecosystem, even if it's not specifically PGA tour events. Uh, that's sick, but I just don't think they give a shit about that at all. I think they're they're unsold events, and it's gonna be like, what's that? Like Qatar, sick man. Let's do it. I'm, yeah, I'm which in. sucks. Like, we need to get this shit sold like right now. And by based on everything you know, if we hear about Australian golf, like it's just hard to get anybody to put up the cash to actually do it. It's the same thing with like the, having like a proper Irish Open or having a you know why they don't go to a lot of like these great golf courses is like i, I don't know it's going to be it's but a very if, depressing conversation and i agree with you in the in the spirit of it i just don't think that's going to happen I'm, it sounds I'm like holding it's out no hope the cj cup or the zozo or something yeah. like that and like it'll alternate every year and then something will be in the uk or in spain or portugal and then something will be you know or, or like you know maybe they roll up the bmw wentworth and the bmw international and that's like a BMW thing and it's in Germany, but it like moves around Europe or something. But, but like, I guess where I'm at is like, like they should care about the product a little bit more because not caring about the product is what got them into this mess in the first place a little bit too. But right? it's also like a 20 year war, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's not like you're just like come out with, you know, it's not like everybody watched, you know, the president's cup at Royal Melbourne and then was like, Oh man, I like really understand strategic golf. Like I'm in, I want to watch it every week. It's like one step, but then you just go back to, you know, the same, the same shit. And it just, it would take such a long time to actually like change the viewing public's mind away from, you know, green is good and thick rough. And that's how you really challenge these players, fast greens and thick rough baby. And like, just nobody, I don't think it is in anybody's like immediate best interest to like work on any of that shit. So it's so just some other be stuff the same stuff we've, we've got. I've got as well as like, all right, like, does this like like how much does does elevating these other events that are already elevated? We can't elevate them. I'm anymore. already I'm already pulled over. Uh, pulled over how much does that diminish the rest of the tour schedule? Right, like, is there like like you know how pissed your current sponsor is going to be? How pissed are you know how much does it feel like the haves and the have-nots? How much do people tune in more for those big events? It's just like what we've been talking about with the majors, as far as you know, the majors in the in the post-live world now are going to be. The only time that there's any connectivity between live and the PGA tour. Um, and by the way, like we haven't even talked about like the legal element of this, where if there's, you know, lawsuits start flying back and forth or when live gets denied their world golf ranking points, the, you know, then they sue for restraint of trade or antitrust or whatever. 
And then there's an injunction and all these live guys can come back and, and play in the PGA tour events until there is a verdict, you know, um, like, it just seems like, you know, that that's a whole nother can of worms, but like, like does FedEx feel diminished, right? Where there's a, there's a season ending FedEx thing. And then I don't think it'd be them. Cause like, I, I think the FedEx cup like does get better if it's not just golf all the time. And if it is a true, like January to August, you know, maybe like the feels Fe- more condensed. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah you could convince me it, it might be a little more interesting. Maybe it won't be, I don't know, but I think the people that would get boned are like the, you know, travelers and John Deere and Charles Schwab and, you know, farmers and, and people like that, that are kind of in that like next tier. That's, that's not the elevated. It's, it's, it's yeah. possible though, that that won't, that actually could work in the inverse because although it's more money, it's not more points. And since it's a more consolidated season, you actually could have more likelihood of the top guys playing more of those events because it's not like the uh, purse for the uh, Genesis went up 8 million, but the points also went up like 2X. Like they didn't change. So you still need to make points. And as much as like this money thing is, is like shocking and like pretty incredible for like the top guys to get more cash, you still have to, if you want to have a great season, make tour championship, you still have to play golf. And I think you might actually have a better likelihood of snagging more people at more of those events. Cause they'll be a little less like concerned about their schedule. So going back on that, isn't there more, like, I think, so WGC's Genesis API Memorial currently get it's 50 more points to the, so it's 500. Yes. It's like, and it's 50 more points and then the majors get another 50. So it's 500, 500, yeah. and then, 300 for some of the other events but you know so so there is like another there's like a 10 percent bump for these i like i would assume they would probably mirror a little bit where they would weight those even a little bit heavier than they currently they, they typically don't and i think i mean again i could I, I don't know this but like from the past how they've done those bigger events is those bigger events are to in a way filter more money to the top guys yeah they don't really care to give them more points they're trying to keep the play playing field as far as points go like as level as they can the benefit you have of getting into that event is that you got into that event and have the opportunity to make whatever any points like i remember my rookie year like uh you know playing the john deere and realizing i got much like i got less money but like not a crazy amount of less points to go going to like an event like puerto rico like the few island tour events or island events on tour they um they have so little points compared to the rest of the season that those ones are we like joe is the one who kind of figured out he's like we shouldn't be playing in these even if we need a start like for the most part because he's like you have to top 10 to make uh, an appropriate amount like a a a good amount of points and he's like if 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 we're in between like a three four week stretch that ain't it like it's not strategically smart so the whole time i've been out on this tour like even that the bigger events have never felt like they've kicked you in the nuts by how many points they are so i doubt that those are going to go up because the players aren't asking for more points they're not asking to make the tour championship easier the top guys they're just asking for more money like in a way so So it like if the whole fedex cup and the tour championship is just a a distribution model for money and the tour is trying to compensate the top 10 15 20 players more like wouldn't you want to make it like you know the, the the devil's advocate side would say you would want to make it easier for those players like you would want to make it more of a closed loop so that there's less 
interlopers invading the tour championship. But, but there would be because you're getting into those bigger events. Like they're going to get like harder to get into, I would imagine. So you're going to have more of those top guys playing in the events that some guys can't get into. You know what I mean? So like they're going to yeah. get into bigger events and have more just just a straight up numbers game, like more opportunity. Whereas like oh, that's yeah. the hardest part about coming off the corn fairs. You just literally have less golf tournaments to play in. Yeah. Right. All I'm saying is like they could juice it up even more and, and you know, make it. More, yeah. If they want. I'm just saying, I, again, not knowing, but like they haven't done that yet. Like yeah. uh, like in my time on this tour, like whatever, nine years. Like I haven't seen that big jump. There's yeah, there's a few more points, 50 more points for the invitationals. Um, and and obviously there's another year exemption, but like they haven't made it egregious. Like they haven't been like, oh, the 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 John Deere purse is uh whatever half or a third. So we're only gonna give you like a hundred to win. Like they they have if it's a full field event, they've been like trying to keep it as I don't know, as like as democratic, I guess, as, yeah, as democratic yeah. as possible. I mean, so Max, like, not, you're a you're a Mastercard guy, so I apologize for this this analogy, but it's almost like the tour <laughs> needs to give out two two different cards, right? They need to give out like a Centurion card and like a Platinum. That's a lip tour, or like a black card and a and a Centurion card. Where like, all right, you either have your top seventy card or you have your your one twenty five card, which kind of sounds like what they're gonna do. Solid. Have they like like all this is already voted on, done and dusted, like? or this is being presented to the pack and in the larger membership has to vote on it or the pack still has to vote on it. Like where are we currently at? This is already. My understanding was the policy board through? voted on this today. Yeah. Th okay. I don't think they were rolling anything out that wasn't voted on yet. Okay. That's all. Yeah. This is, this is delivered. Yeah. I think I, like, I think the other thing to think about is like, this is something to where this buys them time. And then, cause I thought it was interesting where, Jay said today, like he, you know, he hasn't talked to, he still hasn't talked to PGL or Andy, like they, they're going off the Allen and company stuff. And one of those things of like, you know, thinking in the back of my head, like, are they, is this buying them time to blow up the entire structure eventually? Um, but just, you know, buying them the time they need to do that. Or is it like, Hey, this is the structure for the, for the long term. And Jay talked about the tax benefits and all that in his presser today but yeah i think he said today like i mean who knows but this is the structure that i i foresee going forward for a long time yeah. which again is i guess to be expected but yeah i don't know i'm out of gas he like i think jay's out of gas too but jay jay looked very he, out of he gas. looks like he's aged like 15 years <laughs> in the last you know where you can get <laughs> gas oh my or at least God. oil <laughs> You take the, you take you the money, bro. It. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's say we'll, we'll have plenty that we got to still get into on the on the recap pod this week. Um, but that's 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 Wait. about the empty empty of my tank of just another guy. Yeah, it's good. There'll, there'll probably be another one of these next week for all we know as well. So, Golly, I am seeing in the notes here. Monahan went to Kepka's wedding. The, Doug Ferguson tweeted that today. That Monahan was at Kepka's wedding. That's sick. That might be the coolest news. I did not know that. That is unbelievable. Uh, well, tour. I, you know, I think uh, Ludacris played the tour championship a couple years ago, so it might be a mutual friend of theirs. Dude, Ludacris just did the uh, member guest concert at Silverleaf a couple weeks ago. <laughs> He's been getting around the golf. Are you playing member guest season? Do you have any member guests lined up? 
Uh, we, but honestly, we play a little too much golf right now to have member guests. Joe is uh, Joe is on one more member guest. I think it's at Rancho Santa Fe Country Club. Uh, he's I think this will be his third or fourth of the season. He's had a tough tough first few goes, so uh, we're we're looking for a strong finish to the major season. It's a it's a good thing Monahan didn't go to DJ's wedding. It's uh, true. <laughs> Might be on the blacklist. Yeah. More more to come on that one. Yeah, but uh, hey, Max, thank you very, very much for uh, sharing your perspective on this and spending the time chatting through all this and uh, put yourself out there, man. We're uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much. And uh, we will definitely have you back soon. Thank you for providing me a platform to rant and uh, just jabber on forever. Appreciate you guys for that. (laughs) Big Randy's waiting on me at the bar downstairs. I got to roll, guys. But cheers. Have everybody have a great night. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.